The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. From the old National Bank State Street studio, you're listening to Waddle and Sylvie on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Great holiday weekend. Summer's over. We have made it. We have made it to the NFL season. We have made it to Bears Packers week. And uh, Waddle and I are going to be out celebrating the start of the NFL season on Thursday in just two days. We'll be sitting inside one of the iconic bars in all of Chicago, right here in Streeterville, downtown Chicago. It's a rare downtown uh, show for the Waddle and Sylvie show. We'll be at... Uh, Timothy O'Toole's. It's a Miller Lite event. We're going to have uh, a pair of tickets to a future Bears game to give away. So these are valuable tickets. We're going to be giving away a Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. Uh, someone will walk away with uh, two of those tickets at Timothy O'Toole's in Streeterville. So come out and see us. It's this Thursday. Uh, that's kickoff for the NFL. That's uh, Chiefs and Lions and, of course, the Bears and Packers will then kick off here in the city at Soldier Field. Maybe that's where the Bears stay for good. Who knows? Maybe not Soldier Field, but at least the city is something that uh, will sure uh, develop over the next several months as uh, we follow that story as well. But first things first, the NFL season. So we hope to see you out at Timothy O'Toole's this Thursday. I haven't heard anything new about stadium talk. Is, I guess as we creep closer and closer to kickoff of the regular season, that obviously is taking precedent. Yes, but I haven't heard anything new about this. I wrote I wrote about um, about that for Shaw Media this weekend about what I love about the the Bears management approach is for many years the Bears used to be run like the White Sox. That was my that was my take this week. Thank God the Bears aren't run like the White Sox anymore. Because after watching the Thursday White Sox press conference, the only press conference I remember more comical was the day that I was inside Hallis Hall and the Bears were set to hire Dave McGinnis as their head coach, a guy that you know well. Yeah. And I was there. I'll never forget that whole interview process. The Bears and Michael McCaskey set up a camera. This is back in the day where they recorded everybody's press conference. It was Dick Duran. It was Dave McGinnis. Bruce Arians? No, was no, this, no that was Bruce search. Arians was with Mark Trussman. That was well, well after. Um, it was um, Gunther Cunningham mm. was in there as well. And, and they were doing the press conferences for the media. Because they wanted to see how they acted in front of the media. It was part of the mock press conferences. They, they eventually did just in their interview process. So part of their interview process, they brought each guy who came in to interview with their front office to us. And I always remember, I looked at Bob Laguerre and I looked at another reporter after Dick Duran interviewed with us. And I go, that guy's not getting the job. Like this guy's not he's not gonna be the head coach. And Dave McGinnis was last, and sure enough, Dave it was Dave McGinnis's job to lose. Dave McGinnis got the job, and they brought Dave McGinnis in. The whole Bears media contingent was set up for his pre- introductory press conference to 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 be introduced. But yet 
he hadn't signed his deal and he hadn't agreed upon some things because he didn't like the salaries for a lot of his assistant coaches. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had the cart uh, in front of the horse because they already had his voicemail set up. I wrote this in my column this weekend. You could dial the Bears coach's office and it was, hello, you have reached the office of Bears head coach Dave McGinnis. Like, this was comical. And Dave McGinnis still hadn't signed his deal. Dave McGinnis never agreed on his new contract. He had left the building with the assembled media there. Sure enough, Brian Harlan had to get up in front of all of us and say, guys, there's been there's been some something basically happen, kind of like the White Sox said with the technical difficulties with the uh, Vanilla Ice concert. Right. We've had some sort of technical difficulties. We hope to have this press conference soon. But we will not be announcing Dave McGinnis as the head coach at this time. No one knew anything. It was before Twitter. It was before social media. And then a floating balloon penis went past there was no, flo- no, No? No? <laughs> that from, was it? It's from the good, the bad, the dirty oh, on what happened okay. on the south side this weekend. No, and eventually Dick Duran got the job. And, and getting back to your point, though, I like the slow and steady nature of the way this bears... The way they're doing things. Like, Jerry's a measured approach. Jerry wants to hire Chris Getz because it's fast. Snappy, let's it's, make this snappy. We don't, we don't want to lose a year. He may not be the best candidate, but it's the fastest way. And, and what is, and now, and remember, the Bears wanted the Soldier Field here on the lakefront. They wanted to redo Soldier Field because they finally got approval and it was fast. We could redo Soldier Field. It wasn't the best. It's only 61500 It's not going to give us the most suites. It's not going to give us the most parking spots. It's not going to give us the most bathrooms. It's not going to give us everything we want. But by, it's going to do, do it fast. And we're gonna, we only have to play in Champagne for a year. We're going to get it done. We get to stay in the city. Let's go. Let's go. What, what's happening? 20 years later... We're, the Bears are looking for a new stadium. Same thing with what happened with the White Sox. The White Sox threatened to leave. So they built that thing, the new Comiskey Park, in a hurry. Guess what happened a few years later? They have to cut off the top level. Yeah, we did a crap job. We built it too steep. We No one wants to sit up there. we got to chop off the upper deck. So that's where all the uh, balloon penises find themselves at the end of the night. You're fixated on the balloon penis story, aren't you? You have a problem. And so Kevin Warren, in the meantime, is saying, look, I'm here. Yeah, we have the Arlington Heights land. We own it. What's the hurry? We don't have to be in a hurry. Let's do it right. Let's do it right. We're going to go slow. We're going to go steady. We're going to make sure that when we build a stadium, like we built in Minnesota the last time I ran a stadium project, it was just ranked the number one stadium in the NFL, the one in Minnesota. That when we do it, that we have a stadium that's good for 50 years. And no longer Ted Phillips is running the show, I believe, for the first time ever, the Bears have leadership that I'm willing to follow. So, you want some positive vibes going into going into the lakefront? I don't know what that will do for winning a game, but I believe eventually the way they're being run from a big picture standpoint, 
will filter down uh, on the way they do business well, all the way through that building. Well, look at how they've constructed their roster. The previous regime tried to cut and paste. They tried to put Band-Aids on gaping wounds. That's not what the new crew did. They came in. I say this a thousand times, but I don't know that it resonates enough. Do you know how hard it is for a coach and a general manager to to buy into a full rebuild? Those 14 losses, goes they go on both guys' records. Like, your resume now shows, if you're Matt Eberflus in your first season, your football team was 3-14. and 14. Ryan Poles, the general manager of this, manager of this franchise, your football team was 3-14. and 14. Like, it does take... As, it, we could sit here and say it was the easy, the easy choice. Oh, really? Because a lot of people don't take the easy choice. You know what they try to do? They try to do it the quick way. They try to do it fast. They don't try to do it right. They try to do it fast to appease as many people as possible because we've got to have everything really quick. This organization, in my humble opinion, has taken the right approach. Slow and steady. It's why I'm not willing at this point either to buy into immediate the quarterback's an MVP candidate, and this team's going to win 12 games. I'm not saying anybody is out there screaming that this team will win 12 games. But I want to see significant progress, and significant progress will bring a greater number of wins with it. It's just that that is naturally how it will happen. I want this team to show that the arrow is pointed in the right direction. I think their roster is better in pretty much every level. Is it complete? No. Do they need to secure their offensive line further? Yes. Do they need to get more pass rush? Absolutely. Are you completely done building things, and is this a finished product? No. But I don't think that they're looking at this team that way. I think the, the, the general manager is continuing to turn over stones and look at ways that will help his franchise and his team now and into the future. So as the season's about to kick off on the lakefront on Sunday, I hope to God they beat the Green Bay Packers. If they don't beat them, I'm not going to be all up in arms. I want to see incremental growth, and I want to see them at the end of the season where you and I sit here and go, hopefully, well, this team was competing for a playoff spot. And if we're having that conversation and we see the progress, I think we're going to be happy. If this team wins five games, I think we're going to be looking at each sure. other because something went drastically wrong. Right. But, uh, to get back yeah, to your five point. Five games is not acceptable. No. I think you're right when it comes to how they're approaching everything from the front office perspective on the new stadium and how they're building their team. I do appreciate their measured approach to this. Right, right. And we talked a little bit about this last week, too. And I was thinking about this originally when I was going to do the column is originally I was going to put polls a little more under the spotlight. And then the White Sox press conference happened. Like I was wondering, okay, Larry Ogunjobi, that was a failed signing and he failed his physical, so they didn't sign him. Chase Claypool, that trade kind of didn't go right. At um, least it hasn't to this point. Right. Nate Davis so far doesn't look great. We'll see. Like, he hasn't played a game yet, so he could definitely uh, still get out from under himself. But then when you compare it to the beginning of Theo Epstein, one of the great team builders of all time who won a World Series, Theo Epstein thought Dale Swain was a good answer at manager. Uh, we told you about the trade that he made with Colorado. Um, who was the, the, the player? They said DJ LeMahieu, right? DJ LeMahieu that they traded for the third baseman who was a bust here in Chicago. Remember, one of his big signings originally was for Edwin Jackson. Mm -hmm. Remember when Theo signed Edwin Jackson? Remember Chatwood? Yeah. Remember when 
Theo signed Chatwood. There are it was a closer from the the Dodgers also that came in with an arm issue and never yeah there was Brandon Morrow yeah. yeah yeah right and then that was later I'm I'm going more in the beginning of the rebuild like the key was is year to year Theo may have had missteps but he got the Bears he got the Cubs better every year and he got them closer there were and that's what I think Poles is doing Poles has had some missteps but they're better this year than they were last year. And I think he's going to continue to slow and steady and methodically build this team up. And, yes, there's been mistakes, but all in all, what's the key here? I think the key here is the Bears are in a better spot this year than they were last year, and they're certainly in a better spot today than they were two years ago under Ryan Pace. Listen, there's still a lot of work to be done, and we don't know whether or not their plan is going to work, but just how they've gone about their business it makes sense to me. And that is such a, a refreshing change where I used to look at you on Monday mornings and go, what they're trying to do just doesn't make sense to me. Very I don't white understand soxy. it. Very White Soxy. Yes. And thank God they're not the White Sox anymore. James in Crest Hill, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, James? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, the first thing I want to do really is talk about um, mobile quarterbacks, but even changing that term and make, calling it dual threat because then you arm your quarterback. If you look at Tua and you look at Jalen, they were looked at bust or potential bust a few years ago, but you bring in Waddle, you bring in um, Tyreek, you, bring, uh, you drafted A.J. Brown a year later, you bring, I mean, uh, Devonta Smith a year later, and you bring in A.J. Brown, and now all of a sudden those guys are just off the charts. And um, when you look at Patrick Mahomes, um, he, he didn't read defenses until his third year. Andy Reid told him to just relax, go out there, have fun, you're super talented. You, you build that rapport with your guys. And one guy, uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, Andy Reid said he's, he's a big mismatch. And we have two of those guys uh, if they perform in Cole Komet and Tunyon. And I want them out on the, on the, on, as receivers because if he's up against a cornerback, he's bigger and he's stronger. And if he's up against a linebacker, he's faster. So Justin Fields needs to sit back, relax. He has more a big threat on one side. Darnell Mooney, an underneath kind of guy. And just relax. Have fun. You'll learn defenses. You'll learn where the guys want the ball. They'll learn where they want you in the route. And I think that this team is going in the right direction. And Justin Fields, a dual threat. Pockets breaking down. Don't worry. Waddle, you know, the longer you're out there, the better chance you have of getting open. You can hit the sideline if you need to. Get down. Do what you need to do. But uh, I think that team's going in the right direction. I think any time you make a comparison to the Kansas City Chiefs, I just personally get uneasy because they just do certain things better than than other people. And I just I think that just me personally, when when anybody compares anything to to, to Patrick Mahomes, what about they do? the two uh, Jalen Hurts? And I would even bring up um, the Buffalo comp. What Josh about Allen? Josh Allen when Josh Allen was an inaccurate quarterback? who then needed weapons around him and to learn and to get more accurate. Um, Aren't those all the comps that... Yeah, I would say I would say the comp to Jalen Hurts is, is an interesting one for me because I think Jalen Hurts have always felt that Jalen Hurts can't, doesn't do the spectacular that Justin Fields does at times, but I think that he does the easy... He does simple better. Like... Very infrequently do I look at Jalen Hurts and go, was well, mechanics are bad or he's clutching or he's doing. Now he's got a better team around him. But what I like most about him 
is he does the simple stuff and it, it, it looks very natural to him. Um, and look, if, if, if did he always do that though? Two I years always, ago, I, was he doing that? Well, I mean, again, I always felt like he did the simple stuff pretty he, better at this point than, than Justin. Yeah, I think so. Like, um, again, I think that, that, he doesn't do some of the spectacular stuff that Justin, like, look at his touchdown interception ratio from 2021. It's 16 and 9. 61 completion percentage. And that goes up. Again, I'll give you the two numbers that are most important to me. And, and then you can draw the comparison to Jalen Hurts. I, I, I want to see Justin Fields complete 65% of his passes and have a two to one touchdown interception ratio. Because that tells me that he is making good decisions and he's being more efficient and more effective with the football. And that's what you saw, the growth in Jalen Hurts in his third season. Last year, he completed 67% of his passes and had 22 touchdown passes and six interceptions. That's, to me, where you start to be confident that your quarterback is comfortable and learning at the pace he needs to learn. So I I think we'll find out. We'll find out what the, the best comparison is. But there's no doubt, you know, Josh Allen was not a finished product. After two years, Jalen Hurts wasn't a finished no, product. Most guys stumbling. aren't. Most quarterbacks in the NFL aren't finished products at the end of two years. Josh it Allen takes a while. still throws a red Absolutely. zone. Pick. He still is working. Like they all throw several yeah. red zone picks. Yeah. Paul in Elmwood Park here on ESPN 1000. What's up, Paul? Hey guys. So I just wanted to say, um, you know, I, I heard Waddle mention that if this team winds up with five wins, that something had to have gone drastically wrong. But I don't necessarily think. That's the case. Um, I know Vegas had this team at six and a half wins last year, and they underperformed and only got three. And I believe they only have them at seven and a half this year. So if they continue to just underperform or lose, you know, more of these close games, kind of like they, like they did last year, uh, this team could wind up with five wins without something necessarily going drastically wrong. Now, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, we, we flip the coin heads a little bit more than tails this time around. I know we were one and seven in, in one score games last year, so... Hopefully that changes and, and we kind of, you know, come out of it on the other side. But, hey, we got to be ready for, you know, uh, potentially a bad season here, too. So, 5-12 and 12 is not a season that I would think is you would look at in any other way than this was a disaster. That's the way I – unless you had just a massive number of injuries. Because – Again, think Injuries about what happened or the last quarterback year. Was well, underperformed I'll stand or... by that. I won't move off. I, if they win five games this upcoming season, one of two things happened. The quarterback didn't. One of three things happened. The quarterback didn't make the progress that we're all expecting. The general manager didn't add the appropriate pieces to the puzzle, or a lot of people got hurt, or all um, three, or, or all three, or combination. Think about it, though, Paul. Look, this team didn't win a single division game last year. Not a single division game. Nobody is looking at the NFC North this year and say, wow, it's a meat grinder. They're not the AFC East. It's not the AFC North. Like we've said, look, you should be able to split three and with, three. with your teams in your division. That's not asking for too much for this team. It just isn't. No, I, I know you guys had Greg Olson on a couple weeks ago or maybe like a couple months ago, and he said something that stuck with me. He said, you know, you, you guys were asking him what the journey was like going from a team that had the first overall pick to making the Super Bowl. And one of the things he mentioned is he said in that first year, they only won like six games. But he said, but we were in like 11 or 12 games. We were competing. You know, I, I think I, I, I don't have much more patience for this team, and I don't want to keep making excuses 
I do have a lot of belief in these players. I think I think if they still come out and compete, and at least make these games close, if the coin flip doesn't necessarily go their way, and if they don't get all these wins, I, I like I said, I hate to keep making excuses, but I think I would still be willing to give them another year to. to keep growing but well, that, paul the time will run out Thanks, on this team in certain positions at the end of this year if in fact there are five and 12 team and it's because the quarterback didn't make the progress that we all expect he won't be the quarterback in 2024 the only way they like i will accept five and 12 is if they lose like consistently 35 to 31 35 to 32 and the defensive line is so brutal that they don't because they don't have anybody to rush the quarterback, and they lose games that way. Well, you, you know sp- what I mean. Like that—that's the only way I could talk myself into that. Where the offense scores a lot of points, and the quarterback is getting better, and the the the, the you've seen the improvements from the offense, and certain things flash on defense. Except you are just so inept on the defensive line that you can't win football games that way. Well. And you just get outscored. With the, uh, the upgrades that you've made across the board, again, nobody's going con- you know, to confuse you with the 49ers defense or the Jets defense. But they gave up 376 yards and 27 points per game last year, which ranked 29th and 32nd, respectively. All you got to do to be middle of the pack is give up 336 yards and 21.7 points per game. Like, make progress to try to become middle of the pack. And if that happens, A, you're pointed in the right direction, and B, more wins are going to be part of the equation. It no, has I to know, work right. that no, way. No, I, I, I co-sign your thing. Five wins to me would be a disaster, at least just blindly speaking like this. I mean, I'll say this to you as well. If they're not throwing for 200 yards a game next year, oh. I'm going to be disappointed. Oh, of course. Yeah. They threw for 131 yards per game this year. I get it. They were the top rushing offense in the league. You can't be that lopsided on the offensive side of the ball. You should be throwing in the NFL for 200 yards per game. All right. More of your phone calls coming up. 312-332-3776. And the Cubs continue to take on the Giants. We're going to talk to Jesse Rogers at Wrigley Field. He will join us. Uh, the Cubs uh, try to continue to distance themselves from the pack. Uh, in the wild card and solidify their playoff expectations. We'll talk to Jesse from Wrigley next. Guys, shop Steinhoffel's mattress sale today. I am. Right now, save up to $700 on adjustable base sets. Plus, get $300 in Steinhoffel's cash. Tempur-Pedic Queen mattresses start at just $42 per month. When you use Steinhoffel's 72-month financing, Tempur-Pedics are designed to make aches and pains a thing of the past. By relieving pressure points and supporting the body as no other mattress can. Tried one out the other day, and it was absolutely awesome. Shop online at steinhoffels.com and in-store at their newest Illinois location in Harwood Heights, Steinhoffels. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. Swing and a miss, and Steele eats him up. Jack Swing, did he go? Yes, he did. Struck him out. That's five strikeouts for Steele, and there's one away. 
Swing and a miss. Hanniger is gone for the second time today. Steele has struck out seven. Swing and a miss. Steele. I mean, just carving them up. Steele ready and fires. Swing and a miss and a strikeout. That's nine of them. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. And Justin Steele with number 10. Dubbing it two. Folks rise to their feet. A career-high 11 strikeouts, Justin Steele. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Justin Steele, eight shutout, a career-high dozen strikeouts. Dominance, uh, yesterday at Wrigley Field, the matinee on Labor Day. 12 strikeouts, shutout baseball over eight innings. And it was exactly what the doctor ordered for the Cubs. And it's a bullpen that had been overworked. Uh, the bullpen's been good. I mean, they, they had allowed uh, a couple of uh, late-inning rallies to the Reds. But again, that has been a bullpen that has been overworked. So, like, Alzali gave up uh, one of those. A lighter gave up one of those. But again, they've been good. It's just when, when you use them every single day... Uh, the warning signs had been there, and and Fulmer had been hurt lately. So you got to give them a break eventually, uh, and and they've gotten a break now. Here, I think it's now Alzali's been given three or four straight days off, and uh, it, it's it's been really good that uh, again that steel performance and others have gone deep into the game. So they've been getting the days off that they needed, and the Cubs uh, have won a couple in a row after losing those to the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Jesse Rogers joins us right now uh, on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline as the Cubs look to take on the Giants yet again uh, from Wrigley Field. Uh, Jesse, what's going on? Good to talk to you, boys. Do you want to start or end with NIU's win over BC? Where do you want to go? Let's you want end. to talk Cubs first? No, let's end. <laughs> let's end with it. Let's talk Cubs first, Jesse. All we got right. big stuff going on. All right. <laughs> anyway, yes, uh, Dig Me Day is today for Justin Steele. Dig Me Day is something uh, Greg Maddox labeled uh, after his great start. The next day, everybody will be digging on him. Well, that's what today is all about because Justin Steele pitched a gem last night. And, and yesterday afternoon. And what it did was really vaulted him into Blake Snell territory. The eight innings. Like, he was behind him in innings pitched and, like, batting average against. A couple stats now are within striking distance of Snell. Their ERAs are very similar. So, all of a sudden, I think this is going to put something in the voters' minds because at least he's doing it for a team that is likely to make the playoffs at this point where the Padres are not. So, all things being equal, Steele might be ahead of, Snell as of today, though, though I'm being biased, obviously. We're all biased. The odds makers still make Snell the favorite, but I think it's a lot closer after yesterday, the fact that he went eight shutout like that. So it's going to be interesting how the voters go uh, a month from now. It's been a fantastic season for him, and, and, and being you know, mentioned as a Cy Young Award winner, I think, is, is fabulous as well. But is the bigger story even maybe right now what they're getting from Assad, a, a, a guy who you weren't expecting to have to play this role and to play it this well? Yeah, you know, it's a good point because I was thinking about this today. If I were to do a Twitter poll or ask you guys, what's the most surprising aspect of the Cubs this season? We could probably come up with six, seven, eight things, right, from Steele to the guys you just mentioned, 
to Leiter and Alzelay emerging as, as guys. To, I don't know, Jan Gomes on offense, for yeah. God's sakes. He was crushing balls from uh, Bellinger returning to form. Like, there's probably a dozen things that are kind of surprising. Madrigal what, third, uh, Jesse. Yeah, Madrigal. Absolutely, absolutely. But to see what Assad and Wicks have done and, and still, I mean, think about what Tommy Hadovy and this pitching, what we call in- infrastructure, has done over the last year or so, developing pitchers, something they didn't do under Theo and Jed, uh, you know, with the last group here. They changed over everything. They brought in Craig Breslow. So I can't pick one or two things, Tommy, but this entire pitching thing has been almost shocking in a way when you consider five, six, seven, eight names have come out of nowhere to have really good seasons. What about tonight? So Hendricks is on the mound. Uh, The wind is blowing out. He's given up the home run from time to time. What are his keys uh, for success tonight against the Giants? Yeah, the wind really has picked up just lately. It's been blowing out all afternoon, but it's even worse now. Got to keep the change up, the sinker down. Just keep everything down. We know he has a tendency to to leave a couple things, you know, a couple pitches up in the middle, and they they don't get hit for singles. They get hit out, right? That's that's the thing about guys that don't throw ninety nine. When they do make a mistake, it ends up out. So anything up is going to end up in the bleachers or onto Waveland. So just keep that sinker down. The Giants are doing kind of a bullpen game. So maybe an advantage to get, you know, an early lead. But uh, Hendricks early is, is, is usually at his worst. When he settles in, um, that's when he's at his best. So just get past that first inning with the wind blowing out, and maybe the Cubs can, can ride that to a win. So it'll be interesting uh, what kind of you know, run-scoring night it is. Sometimes you get the wind blowing out, and it's still 3-2. to two, But um, if Hendricks gets any, anything up in the, up in the zone, it, the, the Giants are a good hitter, home-run hitting team. They'll take advantage. Uh, they have to be feeling better about what Saya has been doing for them as well. Yeah, I mean, and this again, I mentioned this to Carmen and Yurko. I mean, we talk about, you know, David Ross, what he's done right, what he's done wrong. I mean, you look at the big picture, he's done a lot more right than wrong. And since sitting Saya down for a couple of days, and that's always a fine line to walk. Do you sit him down? Do you let him play through it? Since sitting him down, 337 batting average, 1,000 OPS. I'm talking basically. 30 days. The last month, he sat uh, like August 3rd and 4th, somewhere around there. In the last month, he's just been uh, on fire. And look, we know it's in there. There's talent in there. He's just turned into a very streaky player, and I'm not sure they know why just yet. I don't think he knows why just yet. Maybe he is a guy that needs a break every few weeks. They don't play this kind of schedule in Japan. So maybe he's still figuring some things out. But since sitting for a couple days, he's been on fire. And um the one weird thing about this lineup, I looked up some numbers. Like, Saya and Ian Happ are great in clutch spots. They haven't always been great early in games, or their overall numbers aren't great. Where Swanson and Bellinger have been great early in overall, uh, but not necessarily great late all the time. So uh, it's where, you know, you look at the, the team effort, and they've come through as a team. And right now, Saya's been hot, and maybe some other guys like Dansby haven't been as hot, but that's the beauty of having a lengthy lineup like they have right now. Jesse, is Bellinger's back in center tonight. Is he okay as far as, uh, because I know Ross said he was banged up, and that's why he had him DHing a couple days in a row. Yep, yep, he's good to go. He, actually, he's going to join join you guys on Thursday. He was in a oh. great, he was a, yeah, he's coming on with you guys on Thursday. He was in a great mood um, this afternoon. I was talking to him for a few minutes. He was moving around great. So I think all yeah, he's well about to make three hundred million dollars too. I feel good too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, they, uh, someone asked me the other day if it's going to be a two or three. I still think it's going to be a two, 
You never know with Scott Boris, but the fact that he's going to get to a two after being non-tendered a year ago is is quite amazing. So whatever it's going to be, it's going to be a ton of money. Um, and this game is crazy, right? Schwarber non-tendered. He's hitting 40 home runs back-to-back years. Uh, this guy uh, also non-tendered, basically DFA'd, whatever, and he's going to cash in. So um, you just never know. But star players, and this is something Scott has said to me, Boris, over and over again, you know, there's usually a reason there's usually a reason why they have bad years. And I think it's been well documented that he was injured. And I wonder why it took so long for him to get healthy. But now that Bellinger is healthy, we see what he can do again. Jesse Rogers brought to you by your local Chicagoland Toyota Dealer Association. Toyota, let's go places. One of the hot topics among Cubs fans this weekend, Jesse, on Twitter was Alexander Canario. Um, He was a guy who has... Really performed well. He's been hot. They brought him up when the rosters expanded. I know a lot of it was a reward, but also still, like one thing that when the Cubs were going well in 15 and 16, they would bring up the young guys and Joe would play them. And the young guys would thrive. With Ross, Ross loves his veterans. Ross loved playing Hosmer. Ross loved, uh, you know, Guys who have been DFA, Tucker Barnhart, Trey Mancini. He loves his veteran guys. Morrell, he did not believe in early. Remember when Morrell first came up? I know Morrell's got flaws, but he's also got a high ceiling. Where He said, I don't know if we got a spot for Morrell when he first came up. And then he had to basically homer in like 11 out of his first 15 games to get a spot. So he does not like going to young guys. Uh, what is the deal with Canario not getting in at bat? Well, first of all, I think that's a, a good observation on your point. And I think Ross, look, this is the first time we can really judge Ross, right? They're, they have a team that's worthy of, of judging the manager. And I think we're seeing what his style is all about. I think you're exactly right. He, he talked at length today about this. Like, I'm going to go with the guys that brought me here, even if they're struggling a little bit. And look, I don't think Alexander Canario necessarily deserves any starts. It's surprising not to get a kid his first at-bat in the majors over the course of a week here. Now, I talked to Canario a little bit today. Like, he's anxious, right? Now, what, what happens if you, have, if you have to call on him in the 13th inning? He hasn't hit in five days, and, and he's a little anxious. So maybe Rossi has to you know, figure out what that fine line is to get a guy feeling good about himself up here. But look, they're in a pennant race. They've played mostly close games. I get him not starting. Probably should have had him bat Sunday in the ninth inning when they extended that lead against the Reds. So I wonder if, you know, I didn't ask this to Ross, but I wonder if he sort of regrets not giving him that chance. But this is a pennant race. And, yeah, I think you're right. David Ross has proven that he's going to go with those veterans. Even Morrell right now isn't getting everyday at bats. He's gone with Talkman, more of a, a veteran presence who's been around the block a few times. So that's the sort of vibe we're getting from David Ross. For better or for worse, it could be good in that sense because you let some guys that are struggling work some things out, but but you can't ignore some some young energy as well. So we'll see how that develops. But I'm surprised Canario hasn't had an at-bat yet. Did you enjoy your time in Chestnut Hill? I did. I absolutely did. I was hugging that... uh, we're hugging my pole in the yeah. stadium. Yeah. You were hugging you Waddle's it. pole. Yeah. I was hugging Waddle's pole. Who, who wouldn't? Right. Um, the, the tailgate was great. Crowd was so-so. The <laughs> team was horrendous. I mean, what did they do all summer, uh, Tommy? Jesse, I, 
I have a text chain of college teammates and buddies, and it was it was excellent. What's his name? Emmett Moorhead was that the quarterback? I mean, he played two series, looked awful. They pulled him. They started him again in the second half. He looked awful. They pulled him again, and uh, Castellanos was was the quarterback the rest of the way. And they they did force overtime, but uh, boy, that offense was very Iowa esque. And you know, my my daughter goes to Iowa, so I'm very familiar with that offense. Oh yeah, but boy, that was just a terrible showing and. That was kind of the, the vibe afterwards. You went to some local places and stuff, and everyone's like, man, we have a bad offense. Are you are you joining us in DeKalb this weekend? No, I have a book signing Saturday here Another at Another one. Jeez, I mean, yeah, how many I books signing? Selling lots of books. <laughs> and this one's at Wrigley, but also they're in a pennant race. So I think I need to – I, I, yeah. I am joining you at Soldier Field Sunday, though. I am taking the day off Sunday. Okay. Pete Dennis invited me, so I'm going to tailgate. I'm doing the whole nice. thing Sunday. 50-yard line. Are you going to so, set up a book signing uh, station right next to, to the stage, <laughs> to the Dr. Pepper stage next to us? Uh, I should, but I am doing one outside of Wrigley on Saturday and then uh, covering the game. So, look, it's go time. i got to be here for the Cubs, but not Sunday, though. i got to be there for the Bears. Are you going to have a bet? You're going to give me the points, right? Whatever the spread is? Well, I mean, after what they did to BC, I should give you some points. So, yeah. definitely, we'll play the it's points. A big letdown for Northern coming your way this week. Yeah, well, I that. I you know what they say, the week after you play, you know, BC, that's when you really have trouble. <laughs> well, they look, the take way, something out of no- you. Yeah, not that Northern was that great on offense either, but at least they pulled it out. Uh, let me give you one more nugget because I know you guys got to go. Uh, Marcus Stroman. Pitched a bullpen yesterday. Came out of it well, but it was very interesting listening to David Ross. Like, it's almost like Marcus Stroman has to win his job back. He has to win his job back. Now, he's a long way, not a long way, but he's a ways away from being MLB ready, you know, competition ready. But they even talked about if it happens late in the month and they're going well, who knows? Maybe his role is in the bullpen or something. Does Tyon have to win his job back? What's that? Does Tyon have to win his job back? Yeah, exactly, right? Maybe so. Um, but right now, there's no guarantee that Stroman will be back or has a role, but at least he threw a bullpen and came out of it well. So has he's he, got another one in a few days, but this is no guarantee that he's starting game two of the playoffs, which is, it, is still it, up for debate. Is, is, this, is this strictly over the injury, or is there more to this, Jesse? Um, right now it's the injury. I don't know if there's more to it, but right now it's the injury. It's something to, to still dig on over time here. Remember, he can opt in, which is probably more likely than not, but you know, just don't know what Marcus Stroman is thinking right now. We know what he was tweeting in June. We just don't know what he's thinking now. So um, let's see how this plays out because it was very interesting. David Ross didn't just declare him, you know, when he's back, he's got the, the ball in, in game two of the playoffs or whatever it is. No, he, well, it he, shouldn't he be game he's two. He's got to earn it. Right. Yeah, he's got to earn it. That, that, but again, like, like Tyon has been absolutely brutal. Um, I, 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 I'm shocked by because I thought uh, he got over that first half hiccup, right? And, and now he's been as bad as he's ever been in a Cubs uniform. Yeah, it's so interesting. Look, Tyon is kind of a guy that just throws it up there and lets them hit it. But you know what? Justin Steele isn't that different. He only throws a fastball and a slider, but Steele almost knows how to pitch better than Tyon. Yeah, just and a I little. mean that seriously. Tyon throws a heater down the middle when he's behind 2-0. Steele will work hitters, right? He'll work up and down, left and right, inside, outside. And and then it's Tyon, that's the veteran. So it's been really strange to see that um, from him after, you, like you said, turning around his season. But, boy, he is back into the rotation right now, no doubt. All right, Jesse, great stuff. Thanks, Jess. All right, Thank boys, you. talk to you later. There yeah. you go.
Uh, there's Jesse Rogers. Um, the Bears did a weird thing today. Something that we have not seen or heard in the past. Why'd they do it? We'll uh, fill you in coming up next. The best Thursday of the year is coming up, and it's all about NFL opening nights. Football is back. And DraftKings, the Casino Queen Sportsbook, is hooking new customers up with a can't-miss offer to celebrate. So place your first $5 NFL bet, and you'll score $200 in bonus bets instantly. DraftKings hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. So check the app to see what you got, and don't wait till kickoff to get in on all the hype. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code WMVP. New customers get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just $5 only on DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook with the code WMVP. Yes, the crown is yours. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and older, Illinois only. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Right, this portion of Waddle and Sylvie brought to you by Steinhoffels. Congrats to the new store in Harwood Heights and everyone affiliated with them. I uh, checked them out last week. Uh, the Bears today uh, came out with their latest depth chart, and uh, I was told that this had happened too in August, that, that they are going with the unconventional 12-player depth chart. Oh, it's a new, uh, it's Canada? Yeah, Canada it, Canadian it, football? It, they are going with 12 men on the field. Let's hope they don't get penalized for it when they step on the field against the Packers. That's an aggressive approach. Yes, they are lining up three wide receivers and the fullback. We call that the big cat uh, uh, depth chart because he has no regard for NFL uh, personnel rules. So uh, if you want to look at their depth chart, count them. There are 12, 12 players listed in their offensive huddle. Three wide receivers and a fullback. Trying to make everybody feel good? Making everybody happy. Uh, We've got White Sox baseball up next. Have yourself a great Tuesday night.